Well, good morning and happy Mother's Day. Like Ronnie said, glad that you're all here. And uh, thank you so much if you're joining us online this morning. Uh, Today is an awesome day. It's a special day for us because uh, this entire year uh, we've uh, specifically intentionally uh, taken one week out of the month where we've said, hey, we want to do baptisms. And, uh, and so this is that day. And so I'm really excited that, uh, that today here in our first service, you guys are going to get to witness baptism. Now, baptism for us is that all in moment. Ronnie was talking about spiritual steps, taking those next steps. And so for some people, uh, they've been joining us for a while and been, been hearing the good news about who Jesus is and how he died on the cross for their sins. This is a logical next step for them. They're saying, you know what? I want to put my faith in Jesus and I'm going to cement that through immersion. And, uh, and so we get to celebrate that with people uh, all the time. You know, God is doing something here at White Oak, and it's been pretty special to be a part of. In 2021, we had 34 baptisms across both of our campuses, right? We were just coming out of COVID, and, and there was a lot going on, but 34 baptisms in 2021. Here uh, today, between both of our campuses, we're going to surpass that 34 number mark in uh, just the first five months of the year. So that's awesome, right? We can celebrate that. And so uh, God is really doing something here at our Ross and our Coleraine campus, and we're really excited that, uh, that we get to be a part of it. Right now, I want to invite up on the stage the Schurz family, um, because uh, here in a little bit, uh, we're going to get to witness their all-in moment as, uh, as Ava and Blaine uh, choose to follow Jesus and, uh, and are baptized. And so I'm going to invite them to, uh, to come up uh, with us just so you can kind of get to see them. And, uh, and I'm going to uh, ask them a couple questions as we kind of get ready for their baptism. But uh, we've got uh, Kevin and Christy over here, mom and dad, they're joining their kids. And then we've got, if you guys want to slide down just a little bit for me. And then we've got uh, Ava and Blaine who are going to get baptized this morning. Really excited for them. And uh, this is everybody's favorite part, by the way. So if we can get them to do this, we can get them to do almost anything. So, uh, um, uh, but uh, had an awesome conversation with them uh, this week and uh, came to me and told me that, hey, we, they've been coming to White Oak and, uh, and kind of have been thinking about this for a while and, uh, and really just were able to say, hey, we're ready. We're ready to do this. And so uh, I'm just going to take your confession. So I'm going to ask that, uh, that you repeat after me, okay? All right. I believe, I believe. That, Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the and I take him, and I take him as, my Lord and Savior. as my Lord and Savior. Amen. I want to pray for these guys. And, uh, and then a little bit later in service, you'll be able to witness their baptism. So if you would, pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the Shures family, God, and just this decision that Ava and Blaine are making, God. And we just thank you so much for the courage that they have to do this in front of, uh, in front of everyone. God, we pray for their journey as uh, this is a starting point, not a finishing point for them, God. And so we're just so excited for what their future holds. Thank you for your son, Jesus, that died on the cross for our sins. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thanks, guys. So yeah, we've been in this series 
That's a great question. And we've been looking, as Ronnie said, at questions that Jesus asks people throughout the Bible. Now, questions are interesting because questions are so powerful. And through this whole thing, we've been talking about how as a society, we've got lots of kids who ask lots of questions. But as we get to be adults, we get more into making statements than we do asking questions. We just live in a different time. I mean, when I was a kid and I wanted to know something, the only thing that I could do was ask someone. But that's not the case now, right? I mean, if you want to know something, where do you go? You go to Google, right? I mean, if you want to know something, you go to Google. And Google's got this thing. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but it's called autofill, and basically what it is, is when you've got that Google search bar, you know, the big thing in the middle of your screen, and you start to type in something, like, you know, I was just having fun with it the other day, getting ready for this message, so I just typed in the words, how do you? How do you? And then it populated a bunch of different things that are kind of popular right now. And it's probably based on all the other things it's been tracking about me. So it knows something about me and it knows something about all of you. And so it put together a list of some different things that were popular. Okay, so when I typed in, how do you, one of the first things that popped up, it said, play Wordle. Now, I've never played Wordle before, and I don't really even know what it is, but there's a lot of people out there that want to know what Wordle is. I guess it's, uh, it's kind of like a, a word game. You try to figure out what these words are. you got blanks and stuff. If you don't know, Google it. That's what it's for, okay? All right, I'm not here to educate you on everything. But uh, the other thing was how to take a screenshot. And what I think is that there's a lot of people that are like my dad's age that want to know how they capture something on their phone, how they take a picture of it. And so they got to Google how to do it. If you're my age or younger, you probably already know how to do it. All right. But a screenshot, that's where you're like on your phone, you can like take a picture of anything that's like on your phone screen and then you can send it to somebody or whatever. So if you've got a text message you want to capture, it's a screenshot. You guys know. All right. If you don't, Google it. All right. Um, one of the other things it said was, how do you pronounce? and then it just had a blank. How do you pronounce? So it's like we, there's words out there that we maybe uh, we read it and we're just, we don't know how to pronounce it. So that was a popular one. All right. How do you find the area of a circle? All right. The answer to that is pi r squared. I remember that. But uh, in case you didn't know, Google can tell you. And then the last one that came up, actually, there was like four or five and they were all related. Uh, but the last one that said, how do you get pink eye? And then it was also like, so uh, funny thing is that... Um, Chris, our campus pastor at Ross, uh, pink eye this past week went through his whole house. And so like, I don't know, there might be a pink eye epidemic that's going on, but that's something that people were searching. Uh, another thing that people were searching was like strep throat. It's like, we're a hypochondriac society. I'll just let you know that because there was like four or five medical things that were all filled in there. And so, but yeah, so we don't have to ask someone questions, right? We don't, we don't go out and we don't ask people questions. We ask Google questions, right? And so uh, as we've been talking about this idea of questions and how powerful they are and how they, they questions point to our motives and they point to our priorities, uh, it just sets up this idea that when we take a look at these questions that Jesus asks, how important they are. 
Because he may be asking an individual or a couple people, but really these questions that he's asking are these universal foundational questions that you and I need to wrestle with, that we need to answer as well. And so the question that Jesus asks today, it is a great one. And the thing that makes it so great is it's, it taps into one of our deepest emotions, fear, right? All of us have things that we're afraid of, all right? And so our question that we're looking at today is this, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Now, we could, we could not even have any context and we could wrestle with that question, right? We, we could not even know what Jesus was talking about and that could get us going in a million different directions. But, but fear is at the root of what Jesus is talking about. Now, now Jesus knows something about fear because he kind of stands in opposition to it. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, the prophet Isaiah paints a picture about what the coming Messiah, about what Jesus was going to be like, and it gives him a bunch of descriptive names. Listen to this. He says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus, our Savior, one of the names that was given to him was Prince of Peace. And here's the truth. Jesus wants us to have his peace. Jesus brings peace. In the book of John, Jesus tells his followers, he says, My peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. And so today our big idea is this. Jesus is our calm in the face of fear. Jesus is our calm in the face of fear. The world can be pretty scary. There's plenty of events that are happening that that kind of uh, can stir us up get us feeling these emotions of fear and doubt. You know, I don't know what it is for you. We were talking in the office this week, just kind of talking about all the different scenarios that are going on out there that could have us scared. And, but I don't know what it is that, uh, that you fear. Now, I'm not talking about spiders or snakes. You know, we all have those kind of like uh, natural things that we're afraid of. But maybe some of you have a fear of the future. Maybe you are in a season of not knowing what's coming next. Maybe you've got a fear of failure. Maybe you're just not sure how something is going to work out. You don't want to put yourself out there. You're afraid to take any kind of risk. Maybe you've got a fear of death. Maybe you or someone that you know is sick or has a diagnosis. Maybe you're just afraid of death because you don't want to be left alone. And so you fear that the people around you might get hurt. Maybe you've got a fear for your kids. Afraid that they might make a wrong wrong choice or end up walking down a wrong path. And all this fear 
I want you to know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus promises that if we follow him, that if we trust him, that he will give us his peace. And so today, the question that we're going to look at, why are you so afraid? It's found in three different gospel accounts. It's found in Matthew chapter 8, it's found in Mark chapter 4, and it's found in Luke chapter 8. But the one we're going to be looking at mainly is found in Matthew chapter 8. And so if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and, and turn there. Turn to Matthew chapter 8. If you don't have a Bible, we've got Bibles at our hub, or you can use your smartphone and pull it up on the Version app. Uh, so we love it when people can read along with us. So if you want to, you can go ahead and do that. But there's a couple things I want to set up for you as we kind of look at this event that's happening, right? We just want to kind of look at the background. So two main things have been happening before we get to our story that we're going to look at in Matthew chapter 8. First thing is, is that Jesus has been healing lots and lots of people. All right. Uh, Lots and lots of people have been experiencing healing at the hand of Jesus. And so Jesus and his disciples, Jesus and his followers have been following Jesus and all these people are being healed and they're witnesses to that. One of the events that is talked about in Matthew chapter eight is that there's this centurion that's a, a Roman soldier that oversees 100 men. And he's got a sick son and he comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, my my son is sick and I want you to heal him. Right. And uh, and Jesus says, "Okay, let's go to your home. And the soldier's like, look, I know what it's like to command people. I tell somebody to go and they go. I tell somebody to jump and they jump. Right. I know what it's like to give orders. He says, I believe if you say the words my son will be healed. And so Jesus spoke this healing into existence. He didn't even go. I mean, imagine, right? If I'm that guy, I want to see Jesus in my house, laying his hands on my son. I want to see my son get well before my very eyes. And so Jesus actually compliments this man on his faith. And I tell you that because I want you to know that Jesus's followers, they are eyewitnesses. To the power of Jesus. They've got a front row seat to what Jesus is doing. Second thing is, is that Jesus in chapter 8 is talking about the cost of being his follower. Jesus lays out the idea that, you know what, if you want to follow me, it's going to cost you something. It's not going to come easy. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 19 and 20, Jesus says this. Says, then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Jesus says, Look, if you're going to follow me, it's going to cost you something. If you're going to follow me, you're going to have to make sacrifices. And so Jesus performs these miracles in front of his disciples, proving that he is the son of God, proving that he is sent here from God. And he warns about the the cost of following him. He says, look, this isn't going to be easy. And so this all sets up 
this idea that we're going to be looking at as Jesus finds himself on a boat. Now, Mark, who tells this same event that we're going to look at, before he does this, before he gets to his event, the thing that Mark has as a teaching that happened around that same time from Jesus is that Jesus tells a parable. Now, a parable is a story that Jesus would use. He would tell. It's made up, but it would illustrate this deeper spiritual truth. And so in Mark, right before we find Jesus and his disciples out on this boat, Mark says that Jesus told this parable about a mustard seed and how Jesus said that if you had just the faith of this tiny mustard seed, that you could move mountains, that you could do amazing things, that God would work through you if you could just have this faith. And so these are all the backdrop to this event that happens here that we're going to read about in Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. So if you've got your Bible, I want you to go ahead and, uh, and pick up with me, starting with verse 23. It says, Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So they're in this boat and this storm comes up, right? And I don't know if you've ever been out on open water before. Uh, my dad used to take me up to Lake Erie fishing uh, every once in a while when I was a kid. And so I'd never been in a storm where like the, the waves were crashing up over the boat. But we were on some pretty, uh, pretty big waves. And, and I'll tell you that that was enough, right? Like a small storm would start to kick up or the wind would start to get going. And you're out and you can't see land. And it's like, okay. Let's get back to shore. But Jesus and his followers are in what's considered a pretty bad storm because the waves are coming up over the side of the boat. Now, in the midst of this storm, where is it that we find Jesus? He's sleeping, right? Jesus is sleeping. Jesus is so calm. He is so full of peace. He, he is sleeping in the boat, and his disciples, they feel like they're going to die, right? I think anyone in this situation would probably be scared. Jesus' followers, right? They're not as calm as Jesus. They come and find Jesus and they're screaming out, Lord, Lord, save us. And let me ask you, when you're in the middle of these stressful situations, how do you respond? When your life seems like it's falling apart, when you are going through a storm of your own, are you like Jesus, who's able to nap in the midst of chaos? Or are you these disciples who's running around looking for help because you feel like you might die at any moment? Do you tend to panic or are you able to stay calm in the midst of chaos? Now, let's remember everything that kind of set up, everything that was in the backdrop, everything that these men had witnesses 
before this. And so our question today, why are you so afraid? It was prefaced by this statement by Jesus. He says, oh, you of little faith. Jesus is saying, haven't you been with me the last several weeks? Haven't you seen everything that I've done? Don't you remember when I just spoke and that boy was healed? Don't you trust that I wouldn't bring you out on this lake for you to die? Even when things seem crazy, even when things get scary, do you put your trust in Jesus? Can you put your trust in Jesus? Looking back at everything that he's done before, relying on what he's done in the past and knowing that he's got your best in, t- your best in mind. Let me remind you of our big idea today. Jesus is our calm in the face of fear. Let me ask you, what, what has you afraid? What are the storms that you have been in? What, what's got your boat rocking? Later in 2022, all four of my kids will be teenagers. And that's a scary thought. Let me tell you, it happens in a blink, Right? And they tell you that, and, and when, you're, when you're young in it, you just, you just can't hear it, right? You're just like, oh, they're going to be little forever. But one of the things that really has me scared, if I can just be you know, transparent with you, is that now as I'm transitioning between kind of raising my kids, I'm going to have an 18-year-old this summer, and launching them out into adulthood, I have a fear that I've failed them, that I haven't prepared them, that I haven't done everything within my ability to make sure that they're ready for the real world or for what comes next. And so I just wonder, did I make the most of all those opportunities or did I just let a lot of really great moments slip by? Let me tell you, that'll keep you up at night. It'll cause you to have anxiety. And that fear can be real. The lessons that Jesus teaches, the lessons that he wants his disciples to see, are the same lessons that he wants for you and for me, right? And when you start asking the question, like, what keeps you up at night or what thoughts and fears are running through your mind? Jesus wants you to know that he has come, that you might have peace. Jesus brings calm. Mark tells us that Jesus stood up and he spoke to the storm and he said, quiet, be still. And there was calm. I want you to see something, and it may be small, and it may be be minute in here, but but I want you to see that Jesus didn't pull his disciples out of the storm. Jesus brought calm to the storm. In the midst of the storm, Jesus was this calming presence. I mean, look at where Jesus was. Even when the storm was raging, where was Jesus? He was sleeping. He was calm in the storm, and he was calm when the storm subsided. Jesus 
has come to bring us his peace. And in the lead up to this storm, Jesus has shown his power through miracles. Jesus has taught and prepared his disciples that following him comes at a cost. Jesus has told us that we should expect storms. Jesus' words in this event point back to all the context that surrounded the storm. Oh, you a little faith. Remember Mark talked about if we had the faith the size of a mustard seed. And so Jesus is like, I just talked to you about this. Why are you still so afraid? Jesus' question about fear, it points people directly back to what he had just brought them from. And so for you and for me, we have to believe that if God has provided in the past, if God has shown in the past that he's got power over these storms, that he's going to do it again. That Jesus wants to bring calm in the midst of our chaos. Jesus is saying to his disciples right on that boat, he's like, look, you've seen me do this before. Why aren't you believing now? Don't you know who I am? And as followers of Jesus, we should have a calm in our life because we trust in who Jesus is. So Matthew 8 is preceded by Matthew chapter 7. And in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is finishing one of his most famous sermons called the Sermon on the Mount. And towards the end of Matthew, uh, Matthew's recorded sermon that Jesus gives, Jesus tells this other parable, this other story about two men who build homes, one on a rock and one on sand. Now the thing about this story is that storms come to both homes. The storms come and they hit both houses. The one that remains standing is the house that was built on the rock. Jesus says that our house is built on the rock when we hear his words and we put them into practice. We live them out. But don't miss the fact that Jesus prepares us. I mean, This is all so interconnected. Jesus' followers are are with him and they're listening to him and he's teaching and he says, look, storms are going to be coming. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what your context is, storms are coming in your life. And so for you and for me, I think the thing that we really need to take away from this is that Jesus doesn't promise to keep storms out of our life. Jesus promises to bring peace and calm in the midst of those storms. You know, when Jesus rises up and speaks to the wind and the waves, right? His followers are amazed. They're in awe. And, And they say, what kind of man is this? 
What kind of man is this that he can speak to the weather and it obeys him? Right? I mean, let me just ask you, who is Jesus? It's the question that we began with week one. When Jesus looked at Peter and he asked him, he says, who do you say I am? Jesus is the son of God. He's got power over life and death. He's got power over the storms and your life. And he has promised to bring you calm. He's promised to bring you peace. What kind of man is this? It's kind of man that died on the cross so that you and I could have eternal life. Today we're going to witness baptisms. And if you've been thinking about making a commitment to Jesus, let me just tell you that Jesus brings peace. In the midst of your chaos, in the midst of your storms, in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through, Jesus brings calm. Because Jesus is our hope. And so let me just remind you of our big idea today. Jesus is our calm in the face of the fear. And I don't know what you're dealing with today. I don't know what you're going through. But my prayer is this. You're only going to find the peace that you're looking for. You're only going to find true calm in the midst of Jesus. And so if you've been thinking about that, you've been praying about that, just come and find me. I'd love to talk to you after service. You can email me if you're watching online, ksmith at thewocc.com. would love to have a conversation with you about what following Jesus and putting your faith and trust in Jesus looks like. Jesus is our calm in the face of fear. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for the blessings that you pour out on us, God. I thank you so much for the fact that your son Jesus brings calm in the midst of our fear. Thank you for Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.